Kevin O'Brien here, the FF Engineer. I host the Fantasy Football Engineering Podcast, where I bring on a guest each week to discuss a wide range of topics, all to apply practical knowledge in order to design, research, build, and maintain your dynasty rosters for now and beyond. I borrow brilliance from each guest and share how I leverage many different areas of expertise to accomplish a common goal of competing all year round. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and Podbean. DynastyLeagueFootball.com and a DLF family of podcasts. That's James the Brain. We are so close to meaningful football, guys. I can't wait. That's Travis the Beard. Hey, guys, why did the Scarecrow win an award? Because he was outstanding in his field. (laughs) Yes. That was was strong. You both laughed. I don't think that's ever happened. That one, that one made sense like right away. That's key. Like, it, <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. if it goes over my head, you're you're done. And and delivery was great, Travis. Thank you, man. I appreciate. It. I've been practicing in front of the mirror all day. Very nice. It paid off. I am John the Six Plexer Super Flexer Hogue, and this is a Super Flex Super Show. Nice. That was a good one. I don't know. I'm gonna have to go look that up on Urban Dictionary now, though. I don't know what that means. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't love the nickname so much. But <laughs> I think I think maybe you put a little bit more time and effort into it, John. You could have come up with something better. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> As we near the end of the March through the off season and preseason, with opening day coming up in just just over a week, boys. Just under a week. We're going to do a Super 6 to just reflect on the past uh, the past few months, reflect on the offseason, some things that we've changed our minds on, some things that we're staying firm on, and then we've also got some year nuts bold predictions. But first, your unsurprising headline of the week with James Abrain. Thank you. Thank you. All right, guys, this one coming from Roto World again. And this is about the New Orleans Saints wide receiver, Cameron Meredith. And it says, Cameron Meredith has been preseason non-factor. Yeah, guys, Cameron Meredith has played 48 (laughs) snaps and he has zero receptions. Yeah, yeah. Isn't that Uh, crazy? I I would say that non-factor is is pretty safe. Yeah, that's that's, uh, pretty much the definition of non-factor. Yeah. 48 snaps, zero receptions. So, yeah. Traquan yeah. Smith season, baby. I'm telling you, man. I'm liking him more and more as this uh, as this goes. And yeah, uh, I, I <laughs> non non factor. Well, <laughs> yep, not appearing on the stat sheet pretty much will do that. So yeah, that was unsurprising to me, guys. Yeah, I guess there are a few of those guys, right? <laughs> like, it's funny that they single out Cam Meredith because. Me and Travis were just talking about this off air, actually. But Demarius Thomas has what two catches, something like that. So hey, 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 we'll get there. Yeah, 
<laughs> I I guess the point is there's several of these guys who in the post or in the preseason they're just not doing anything and I don't I guess I don't really care. Um, yeah, yeah. You seen that? You heard about that Larry Fitzgerald guy? He sucks. Yeah, I know. He hasn't gotten any. He can't even get work. on the field. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I haven't seen Le'Veon Bell. It's a little put up bit a different. All yeah. preseason. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It's a little bit Cleo different Max though, with established veteran stud guys though than than someone who's supposed to be earning a larger role on a team. Yeah, and to me the unsurprising part is like that. I, I was just shocked that that was a headline. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. like it, it needed to be said that Cameron Meredith has been a non-factor this preseason. Well, I, yeah, guys, yeah, that that doesn't shock me that you're saying that because he has zero receptions. So yeah, like I just I don't I don't know. That's a headline people needed to read, apparently. So, All right, let's get to our Super 6 for the offseason and uh, preseason. So, again, we're going to start off here with six players each, three of them that you've changed your mind positively about, three of them that you've changed your mind negatively about, and then uh, and this is for redraft. And then our next set, we're going to do six players that you liked and six players that you disliked all offseason, and you still do. So let's start with you, James, with uh, the guys that you've changed your mind on. Yeah, okay. Uh, so first off, I'm going to start with the guys. I, I, I'm a positive guy. I'm going to start with the guys who I have changed my mind on and a positive tone. I have I have a more positive outlook on on, on these players than I did previously going into the offseason. So uh, position change number one, the guy who I am higher on. Uh, than I was uh, at the beginning of the offseason, and that is Jarvis Landry. Um, I was I was really skeptical about him coming to Cleveland. I kind of had it set in my mind that he was the type of player that was excellent for PPR. He was going to you know get you those five six yard um, under routes, those you know those crossing routes, the the, the shallow posts, that sort of thing. And I had uh, programmed myself to believe that that's what he was because in Miami that's how he was used. In Cleveland, I've saw I, I've I've seen a completely different player, a player that doesn't fit that profile. Uh, he can still do those things. He can get open in the short the short area. He's really good working the middle of the field, and he's a good route runner. But this is a guy that can stretch the field a little bit too, and I think we're seeing that a little bit in the off season, in the preseason, and uh, even kind of on hard knocks. His attitude is uh, is I, I think it's it's received pretty well with the rest of the players there. So I'm I'm higher on him um, than I was previously. And I think he's uh, with with the Josh Gordon news. Obviously, it looks like week one he's not going to be starting. He'll be in the mix a little bit, but uh, saying that he won't be be starting, I think Jarvis Landry is probably going to be relied on for an even bigger role than what I thought when he initially landed in Cleveland. So I'm higher on him than I was previously. Uh, the second guy that I am higher on now than I was uh, at the beginning of the offseason is Kenny Galladay, and this is a guy who I feel like the way the Lions are using him and maybe the snap counts for Golden Tate and, and some of those things in the uh, the preseason here. And some of the reporting has, has suggested that Kenny Galladay might be a bigger part of this offense and maybe Golden Tate's on the outside a little bit. I've also heard some rumors about him possibly being traded. Um, you know, kind of heard a little, 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 little bit uh, about maybe New England being interested in him. So that's an interesting thing to monitor too. But I think Kenny Galladay is going to be a bigger part of this offense. Um, again, you know, with with Eric Ebron moving on, 
to Indy, and they didn't really do anything to replace him at the tight end position. I could see them running more three wide receiver sets and Kenny Galladay being on the field regardless of Golden Tate. So I like him a whole lot more. And the third guy I think a lot of people um, have changed on is Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, This was a guy who we had a lot of question marks about. We didn't know whether or not he was ever going to play the game when he got hurt again and uh, or when he got hurt. Rather, we didn't know if he would ever play the game again. And it looks like he has come back and really found a second second win, a second life here uh, with the Jets. He's looked really good this entire preseason. As a matter of fact, he probably has been the most impressive New York Jets quarterback thus far. Um, he's really looked good. He's looked the part. Even in some limited action, he's uh, he's still really looked like the the guy who can run that offense the best. I don't think he starts for the Jets, but I do think he has value elsewhere. And so I'm 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 a whole lot higher on Teddy Bridgewater than I was, and I think some NFL teams may be looking to acquire him um, as a starter. So those are three guys I'm I'm I, I have changed my tone on in a positive manner. So John, what do you think? Uh, Jarvis Landry, Kenny Galladay, Teddy Bridgewater, guys I'm high on. How do you how do you feel about those guys? Is there anybody that stands off the leaps off the page at you uh, on, on out of those three? I I love Kenny Galladay and Teddy Bridgewater. Um, it's a little surprising that, uh, that <laughs> Kenny Galladay had to come back for you. Um, I thought that that you were on him, you know, all along, but maybe not. Um, Jarvis Landry though is the one that I'm gonna have an issue with. I still can't get there with him. I just can't do it. I just I know what t- what kind of volume it took in Miami to get him, you know, anywhere near the type of yardage that you want. And then it, obviously in a PPR you're gonna get catches, but I I don't know. Still under a thousand yards, and then. He had to get seven touchdowns just to, you know, to get into that wide receiver one territory. And it's, I, I just, okay, so first of all, Tyrod Taylor has never been that type of guy. He's never thrown to the slot. He's never, he's never been a high volume passing type of guy. And he's going to be on the field. I mean, as much as I would love to see Baker Mayfield take over that offense, it's going to be Tyrod Taylor for the foreseeable future and as long as it is i don't see a path for jarvis landry to get the type of volume that he needs to you know to to perform anywhere near where he did last year so i'm i'm still down on jarvis landry i have been all off season i you know the season that he had in 2017 only makes me that much more weary of him just because i that was there were way too many outliers there yeah and i i think that's fair i again that that was one of the reasons why it's been a positive change for me is because i have come around on my thought process on what i think jarvis landry is and i know he hasn't shown to be anything more than a ppr type guy um i think i think he can be more i just think that's the way miami used him and uh, I'm starting to see a guy who I think can stretch the field a little bit more and can be more than that. So that's the only reason why he's come around for me. But a lot of the arguments that you have against him is the exact way that I felt about him when Cleveland first signed him. So I, I totally understand that and get that uh, that perspective. I've just uh, come around a little bit, and that's that's kind of why I have him as a positive change. But no, th- those are all all very solid points. Um, what, what about you, Travis? Is there anybody that... Uh, 
that you want to you want to come after me for here uh, or is there anybody you want to pat me on the back for because i'm always up for that <laughs> Call it a yeah i actually <laughs> i laughed when john started talking which is pretty common but <laughs> <laughs> i'm, I'm it guessing funny that's because... not meant as a compliment <laughs> <laughs> no it's just it's so funny just because it happens so often with me and you i'm i'm the opposite i like jarvis landry and, and the other the two are the ones. Nice. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. Um, it's pretty much par for the course. But um, no, Teddy Bridgewater, I'm okay with. Like the case you made, he's definitely improved his value and his shot at getting a job somewhere. So I'm on board with that one. I just think Kenny Galladay is overhyped. I, if, if, if Golden Tate gets traded, I'll put my foot in my mouth. But I, I just don't see it for... 2018 and then Jarvis Landry man I just think he's the wide receiver one on that team at least for now mm-hmm. and I, I just don't see how I mean so I don't think he's going to get 161 targets like he did last year mm-hmm. um, but I also don't think he's going to have 8.8 yards per reception like he did last year either right and I think I think he's going to get enough volume to to be, you know, I mean, a, a PPR guy like he's been, you know. Guys, I'm getting sick of all this positive talk. <laughs> I would like to talk about some negatives. I'm a negative person in general. So can we get to my negative list here? So Let's I can start do complaining it. Let's a little hear bit? It. All right, great. Let's go to guys that I see a negative change for that have fallen down my rankings a little bit. And I'm going to start with LaShawn McCoy. Uh, LaShawn McCoy was, I mean, this guy's been a bell cow for several years, uh, whether you, you can go back to Philadelphia, you can see his workload there. And then here in Buffalo, he he hasn't disappointed. Problem is that I just, the Buffalo Bills, man, that team just looks like they could be a mess. Um, I, I don't know if they, you know, are going to be in games long enough to stick with the run game. Um, the passing attack doesn't look like it's going to scare anybody. Uh, it's very conservative right now, and none of those quarterbacks have a whole lot of experience. And then you have a, a potential, um, you know, suspension still leaning over LaShawn McCoy for an incident in the offseason. So uh, I, I'm definitely lower on him than I, I previously was going into the offseason. Uh, the second guy that I am lower on is Doug Baldwin. Um, Doug Baldwin's a guy who I was I was actually really high on uh, at the beginning of the offseason. I really felt like this guy was going to have an excellent year. Uh, Russell Wilson just came off of a fantastic year, a career year for him fantasy-wise. Uh, he really, really played well, put up a lot of fantasy points. Doug Baldwin's his unquestioned number one. But really, what's happened in Seattle since then, I mean, they have really no targets there outside of of Doug Baldwin. So he's going to be the primary guy that defenses are going to look to take away. Um, the running game is still uh, kind of up in the air. And basically, I, I like Chris Carson a lot, but the offensive line is in shambles. Um, there's no other weapons in the passing game. And Doug Baldwin looks to be slowed by an injury. And it was reported not long ago, I think I read yesterday, Doug Baldwin is not expected to be 100% all year with with this injury. So um, that scares me even more. So Doug Baldwin's a guy that I'm a lot lower on than I was previously. Uh, the third guy is Derek Carr for me. And Derek Carr is a guy who I, I thought was a he, – he could have a bounce back year. Um, I really felt like the, you know, everything was kind of aligned for him. And then the Raiders hired John Gruden and then they brought in, you know, um, pretty much every player that was over 40 years old that they could, they could find. And I, I just, I, you get the feeling that this is going to be a run first offense, uh, three yards and a cloud of dust type thing. 
you know, play action is going to be a big, for, big, big thing for them. And I just don't know that uh, John Gruden is going to let him air it out enough to be really, really, uh, you know, what what he can be. Um, so I, I'm I'm down on him as well. So guys, do you guys hate these guys as much as I do? Uh, hate's a strong word. I don't hate them. <laughs> I I don't hate them. They're they're all real nice guys, I'm sure. But well, Michelle McCoy, I'm not so sure about. <laughs> but, we do it. Yeah, <laughs> allegedly. Yeah, yeah. Allegedly, he might not be the greatest person. But um, either way, guys, what, what do you guys think about the the, the fantasy outlook for these guys? Um, is there is there anybody I'm way off base on, or am I am I am I right on all of them? I'm on board with all three of these. Nice. Okay. Yeah. I've never yeah. with all that. Although in redraft, I think I'm okay with McCoy just because I think that he's discounted and I think there's a chance that, that he doesn't even get suspended. And if he does, he doesn't serve it this year. So I think he could potentially be um, a discounted, you know, top 12 running back. Fair enough. Okay. No, not a chance. Not a chance. He's, what, 31 years old? He's... Redraft, John. Yeah, don't care. Don't care. I mean, he's hit. He's right at the edge of that cliff for for running backs. So yeah, I I'm I've been. I'm actually going to talk about Lashawn McCoy, McCoy a little bit later, so I won't get too much into that. But um, yeah, I'm definitely down with uh, with coming around to the uh, to the negative side on Lashawn McCoy. Doug Baldwin, I get it. Um, I mean, I'm not quite there, but I I get it. Like, there's a chance that Seattle is going to be pretty horrible, just in general. I don't think I don't think their offense. Did I say I was on board with Doug Baldwin being a negative? Mm-hmm. I'm not. I'm sorry. Really? Um, Even if he's I, less than 100 percent all season, you're okay I need with to that? Pay better attention. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> he's not going to be less than 100 percent all season, most likely. And who else do they have, man? Come on. Yeah. Well, they, yeah, that's, that's just it, though. Like, I mean, can he beat double coverage all the time? Because if I'm a defense, that's yeah. I he's mean, done I, it for the gonna, last three years. I'm gonna make. I'm gonna make you throw it to Nick Bennett. I'm gonna make you throw it to other guys that I <laughs> I don't think can beat me on a regular basis. And I think defenses are gonna do the same. But I could. I hey, if I'm wrong, I'm happy. I uh, I have a lot of shares of uh, Doug Baldwin, but according to Roto World, real quick, Doug Baldwin, his knee will not be 100% in 2018. Um, Baldwin himself estimates that he'll be at best 80 to 85% healthy. So, and he just I, just he's go got a that. he's got a pretty tough schedule. I know that. I mean, just just in the NFC West, he's gonna have you know Patrick Peterson, Richard Sherman, if that does anything for you anymore. And uh, Akib Talib. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I. That's why I say I get it. I just still think that there's just way too much volume there that has to get funneled to Doug Baldwin. They lost what 275 targets when uh, Jimmy Graham and Paul Richardson and some of the other guys left. It uh, to me, so much of that goes to Doug Baldwin, and they're not going to be able to just turn in turn this into a running team not without you know some semblance of an offensive line this has to become russell wilson's team and the only way that that works is if he can throw the ball he's not going to do it just running around so yeah I, i'm still on board with doug baldwin but i get it i get okay. how it would make 
how it would make you nervous. Cool. All right. Well, let's hear some of your guys' positives or one of your guys' positives. I'm ready to, to get back on the positive bandwagon since everyone hates me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'll give you a few here. So my first one is Pat Mahomes. This is somebody who I've come around on, and I've had a kind of a, a roller coaster relationship with Pat Mahomes because in 2017, when he was drafted by the Chiefs, he was my favorite rookie quarterback last year. And, you know, Deshaun Watson ended up playing extremely well. Mitchell Trubisky found the field a lot sooner than Mahomes, and it started to look like maybe, you know, Mahomes needed to drop a little bit in my rankings. And then, you know, the offseason comes and, you know, it, it starts to look like this is going to, you know, this isn't going to, this isn't going to be a team that's conducive to Pat Mahomes style of play. Next thing you know, here comes Sammy Watkins. The defense just gets just decimated over the offseason. And I'm right back on the hype train with Pat Mahomes. I love what they're going to be able to do. Plus, I mean, we just saw him throw the ball 69 nice yards through the air for a touchdown to Tyreek Hill. I, I, I'm I, back in love with Pat Mahomes, at least for one year. And uh, I think this could be the emergence of something special in Dynasty as well. Number two is, is uh, Marshawn Lynch. For one year, I've just come around to the idea that this isn't going to be nearly as much as a, of a running back by committee as John Gruden wants you to think. I don't think that Doug Martin is going to be that involved just because he's not that good. So, and then there's a, I, I could also see Marshawn Lynch just scoring a ton of touchdowns. And then number three is Trey Burton. I've come around really kind of on the Chicago offense as a whole, but Trey Burton in particular just really fits what Matt Nagy wants to do. That's the perfect the perfect way to uh you know, to take the the next step in the progression for Mitchell Trubisky is to give him that pass catching tight end who's kind of the the safety blanket, kind of the safety valve type of guy. Plus, we haven't seen a whole lot of Tariq Cohen here in the preseason which was part of where I thought the targets might might go for Trey Burton. So um, I'm starting to think that maybe Tariq Cohen might be a little bit more of a gadget-type play, I guess. And uh, Trey Burton could be... To me, Trey Burton could easily be option number one for Mitchell Trubisky this year. I mean, I've, I've said my piece on Allen Robinson... In the, over the last few months, and that part hasn't really changed for me. But Trey Burton is is just kind of is rising in my rankings as a potential breakout and uh, a potential top five tight end this year. Yeah, but John, what about Chris Carson? Chris Carson's so awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get to Chris Carson. Don't you worry. This this has yeah, changed <laughs> changed. Travis changed. Right, I don't think okay, he's changed okay. anything. Yeah, <laughs> no, nothing has changed with Chris Carson in over a year. So I, I'm on board with Marshawn Lynch in redraft for sure. Um, I like Pat Mahomes, dude. I mean, the upside's there, the weapons are there, and I'm on board with Trey Burton too. So you're not nice. going to get any flack from me on this one. Awesome. I, I'm I'm gonna gonna go a little bit of a different way here. For, for Pat, 
for Pat for Patrick Mahomes, I am I, I think it's really interesting because you stated that you are on board at least for this year. I think I'm I'm more on board with him in Dynasty, and I, I've come around on him. I wasn't high on Patrick Mahomes when he came out um, of of college and he entered the draft, and uh, and I think he wound up in an excellent situation. I know he's starting this year. He's got a lot of weapons. Um, I just I kind of want to give him a year to grow into that position. Um, I think he's got a big arm, but. I, I still think that there's there's a ways to go. So I don't know that I'm buying him this year, but I'm definitely buying him in Dynasty because I think you made a lot of good points there. He, he's got a huge arm. They have weapons that are going to be there for a long time that can stretch the field. He's got one of the top tight ends, if not the top tight end in the game. Um, so there, there's some there's some things looking good for him. That defense isn't very good. It's going to take a few years to rebuild what they've lost there, in my opinion. So um, I think I'm higher on him, a young, high upside quarterback in dynasty than i am in redraft um, trey burton i absolutely love i i, I agree with you uh, for me i i haven't really changed that i've, I've liked them all all off season and uh and i i'm glad to hear that you've come around on him because that's a guy that i i'm also very high on i still don't want marshawn lynch i still don't know i look here's the thing for me and and it's not that marshawn lynch doesn't he's shown a few things in the preseason and i i've i've always been high on his talent I guess my thing is, is I do not trust John Gruden. I, why is Doug Martin still there? Why is he still getting the backup reps when Chris Warren has clearly outplayed him and really outplayed everyone at the running back position in the in the preseason? There's no reason for it except for uh, John Gruden just throws the old guys out there. So I just I don't. I, I, it's hard for me to trust him uh, this year, and I, I kind of want to see his usage before I, I jump on board. So that's that's my my only hesitation with that. Um, but, yeah, that's... You, you said it, though. John Gruden throws out the old guys. He's going to... And, and this is very similar for me to the, to the Jay Ajayi situation. This is probably the last year of Marshawn Lynch. He probably retires after this year. I mean, the only reason that he's that he's still playing right now is because he could play in his in you know in his hometown in Oakland. Well, they moved to to Las Vegas after this season and I don't think Marshawn Lynch moves with them. So if this is your last year with this guy, why wouldn't you put all the miles that you can on him until he can't handle it anymore? And then next year when you're the Sin City Raiders instead of the Oakland Raiders, then you make the move to the young guy Chris Warren. Yeah, no, that that's just it. I mean, you you you're making sense, and that's something Oakland hasn't done since John Gruden's taken over. <laughs> so so that's that's what, what scares me. Hon- maybe he'll honestly, listen. It, it is. It's it's really what what worries me because I I, I hear stuff like, uh, you know, like I'm I'm you know the analytics are great if you read them right, but I'm gonna trust my gut. You know, I've, I. I there's things like that that just concern me, you know, like this is going to be an old school type of thing. And I just don't know that that offensive style works. So I, I guess to me, I'm, I'm staying away at all, all costs. So I, I it's almost like I, I, I don't want Marshawn Lynch in redraft because I don't want a Raider because I, I'm just scared of the whole situation. So um, that's, that's my take on it really. All right. Let me give you guys um, a few players that I, uh, that I've changed my mind on. I was high on them earlier in the off season, and now I'm to a point where I'm nervous to say the least about all three of these guys. So first of all, Jimmy Garoppolo, and 
part of it has just been the inactivity in the off season, you know, particularly in free agency. They had a they had the opportunity to go get Allen Robinson, Sammy Watkins, you know, Des Bryant, and all these guys were tied to the to the Niners at some point, and it just never materialized. And now they're throwing out, you know, it's Marquise Goodwin and Pierre Garcon and and Dante Pettis, George Kittle. It's it's not a not a bad group, but it just it it doesn't it it doesn't inspire a ton of confidence for me. I think that you know if they, I would have liked to see them give Jimmy Garoppolo some better weapons, and the fact that they didn't has me pretty nervous here. I don't you know, and then the running game has to be credible in order for these these quarterbacks to do what we think they're going to do what we expect them to do and I mean if as we're all kind of coming around to the realization that Jarek McKinnon is you know not going to be able to to handle the type of workload that that we expected when he signed as a free agent all of a sudden it's 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 like what what else do you have on offense besides Jimmy Garoppolo you know and it's a bunch of kind of mid-tier type of guys and and it just it like I said it just doesn't inspire a whole lot of confidence from me number two is Derrick Henry and uh this one I mean he, he had a long way to fall <laughs> he was on top of the world for me after the season especially after the way he performed in the playoffs and uh but the big thing is Dion Lewis shows up and you know Travis has talked a lot about this, but Deion Lewis right now is just running circles around Derrick Henry. I don't think that that Deion Lewis necessarily replaces Derrick Henry, but I think that you've got to get Deion Lewis on the field, which cuts into Derrick Henry's workload, and Derrick Henry is a volume type of guy. If he's not getting that volume, then I have no interest um, for my fantasy team. And then number three is Sammy Watkins. And it's kind of about the landing spot a little bit. You know, I just talked about Pat Mahomes and how I, how excited I am for him. But the problem for Sammy Watkins is you're coming into, you know, your third, this is your third offense, your third team in about a year and learning a whole new playbook. And you know, there's also Tyreek Hill is in the way, Travis Kelsey's in the way, Kareem Hunt catches passes. There, I, I don't know how much volume they're really going to allow Pat Mahomes to put out there. So as as much as I think that Pat Mahomes can make some serious strides uh, for fantasy football purposes, I don't, I still don't, I don't see him supporting three top pass catchers. So. I I think that Sammy Watkins is kind of the odd man out for this year. In Dynasty, I'm still super high on Sammy Watkins. I mean, you give him a year in that system, and he starts to build that rapport and gain that confidence from Pat Mahomes, and it's all systems go. But for 2018, I'm just I, I'm not I'm not optimistic. So I guess I'll, I'll start here. Um, I I don't disagree with any of those. I really don't. I uh, 
totally agree with I, I you guys have you have me kind of coming around on Derrick Henry too because I was on the fence with him I didn't really know how to read him and um that that kind of situation you know with Deion Lewis going there and I think I think you guys have both kind of made it a point to to show that yeah there's there's definitely cause for concern there and so I could I could see him not living up to his uh, his ADP currently um I I think Jimmy Garoppolo is is you know he's a really interesting case because when you look at his numbers they weren't all that special in his five wins I mean uh, in the five games that he started, six touchdowns, five interceptions um, in five games. So, I, I mean, that's okay. I mean, the, the yardage was there. It was about uh, uh, 1,540 yards in five games, so that's good. But, I mean, when you really look at what he did, I mean, the first game he started was against the Bears. They won 15-14. to 14. Um he didn't throw for any touchdowns. He threw one interception. And then in Houston, which last year had one of the worst defenses, they won 26-16, to 16, and he, he tossed one touchdown and one interception. I mean, they're just, you know, Tennessee. Uh, the Jacksonville game, of course, really stood out to a lot of people. Um, but the, the Ram game was a game that, the, you know, I, I, I didn't think that they had a whole lot to play for. So I, I don't know. It just I, – I don't know. To me, it just seemed like there's, there's enough – uh, to question there. Um, so, so I, I definitely see the concern there too. Um, so yeah, I, and, and Sammy Watkins, I, I'll, I'll let Travis talk a little bit more because I have a feeling he's going to be on the opposite side of the fence with that one. Um, uh, but he's definitely a player that I have some question marks too. Um, so what do you think Travis with the list? So, so Derek Henry, I'm obviously on board with, and I'm actually going to talk more about him in a little bit here. So I'll save that Jimmy Garoppolo, I still I still like Jimmy Garoppolo, man. And I, everything you guys have said is completely true. And James, those five games last year, you're right. I mean, everything you said was factually correct. But I think the it's obviously all about upside. And getting getting thrown in as a starter on a new team and winning five straight and averaging 260 passing yards per game, which he averaged over those five games. I think that's where, where that came from. Um, the touchdowns weren't there, but when you average 260 yards a game in your first five games on a brand new team, and and on top of that, I think it was more of how bad that offense was before he got plugged in, and then he comes in, and then all of a sudden he's sustaining drives. And he's accurate and you know what I mean? It's just, it gave that totally, they gave that offense a totally new feel and excitement. So I think that's where that's coming from. But he also has uh, wide receiver one Marquise Goodwin. So I don't know what you guys are talking about as far as lack of weapons. <laughs> um, <laughs> nice. So, so Sammy Watkins, um, you know, I, I like to think I'm one who can acknowledge when he's wrong about a player. And I'm not admitting or accepting anything just yet from the preseason alone. Mm-hmm. But I'm but I am acknowledging the fact that Tyreek Hill has looked awesome. <laughs> and he's looked like the unquestioned wide receiver one on this team. And there's a decent chance that I'm gonna have to eat some crow on some anti Tyreek Hill opinions that I have said in the past. Uh, so for redraft, I'm, I'm not as high on Sammy Watkins as I generally am about the player. Yeah. Um, the situation, 
and and that's exactly where I'm at with him as well. By the way, I like I said, still high on him in Dynasty. I love yeah. the idea of Sammy Watkins with a full year in that offense. Yep, Tyreek Hill, dude. I I love this Travis. Uh, I know you do, James, and I know I was gonna get crap from you, man. (laughs) Oh, not at all, not at all, not no. Tyreek Hill has looked (laughs) so good, guys. Yeah, I just and he he caught eight of eight targets this last week for eighty eight yards. He finished the preseason catching all fourteen of his targets for one hundred and eighty two yards and a touchdown. And I I know preseason stats don't matter, but that's freaking impressive, man. Mm -hmm. And he looks good, so. I can hate I, saying it, but man. Can, can I state something though, real quick? Um, because I, I think it's important. It's something that John and I were kind of talking about before we, we started recording this here. And uh, do you know how difficult it is to when when you are are kind of doing what we do and trying to make a case on why you're for or against a player, um, you know, or, or or you know, just just maybe not for or against that player, but just for or against taking that player at their current ADP, that sort of thing. And to admit that, Hey, look, I, I was probably, I was probably wrong about this guy. Um, that's, that's tough to do, man. That's tough to do because there's a lot of people that are just waiting for us to be wrong, to kind of throw that in our face. And so Travis, <laughs> I know I get, I I'm telling you, man, it, it's really important for us to do that because if not, then there and there's a lot of people that won't. There's a lot of people who do what we do who won't admit when they're wrong. They'll continue grasping at straws, you know, and go down, you know, just just to go down with their ship. But no, I think I think that's awesome, Travis. That I, and that's that's part of this exercise for me is um, there's a lot of guys that we we didn't like and we, we were on record as saying we didn't like at their current ADP or we wouldn't take. And now we're we're kind of coming around on them. And you know, you're allowed to change your mind in fantasy. There, you know narratives and situations change and you know we see things that maybe we didn't see previously and you know it, it's it's pretty cool when you, you can come out and do something like that travis and say you know what i was probably wrong about this because this is this is starting to look a whole lot better than what i thought it would so now i give you kudos for it thanks man yep, for the that's... record i want to say i'm not i don't think i'm wrong about sammy the player right i think mm-hmm. i may end up being wrong about tyreek hill the player mm-hmm. yeah that's fair yeah, totally fair. Yeah. Which and, still sucks because I talked a lot of trash about Tyreek Hill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you did. Yeah, you did. <laughs> but, man, when you do it over and over and over – I mean, I know it's preseason, and but that's what I'm saying. Like if this usage continues and his, his – what what he's done carries over into the, pre, into the regular season, I mean, it's going to be undeniable. Yeah. Yeah, period absolutely. end of sentence <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah absolutely all right so uh let's let's continue down this road because this is fun tell us some guys travis that you've changed your mind about yeah now i'm just gonna be flip-flop travis over here <laughs> uh. congrats on the new nickname <laughs> <laughs> so all right so my first the first guy that i started the off season not so high on and now am pretty high on that's pretty much the exercise right um yep so the first one is christian mccaffrey and i talked a little bit about him last week last year christian mccaffrey averaged 12 touches per game and he finished as the running back 10 in ppr leagues 
everything this offseason so far has pointed to Carolina really wanting to increase McCaffrey's workload and use him as the bell cow. And both Ron Rivera and North Turner have come out and uttered the words 25 to 30 touches per game, which I thought was BS when that happened, just like everybody else did. And it's still probably far-fetched. But after seeing the way they've been using them this preseason, man, it looks more and more every week to me like they're actually going to give him a shot to be the workhorse guy. And like this last game, he touched the ball 10 times on the first drive. And he got 51 yards that drive alone. And as far as C.J. Anderson coming in, like C.J. Anderson didn't touch the ball until the third quarter. Again, I know it's preseason, but this was the dress rehearsal game. And this is the kind of stuff that we look for is how are these people, how are these playing, how are these players being used? And he's just been super involved consistently over and over and over. And he's looked fantastic. He's constantly getting big plays. He's constantly getting the yards he needs. He's being successful from a team standpoint, too, when he needs to pound it up the middle for the two yard touchdown. He does it when he needs to get one yard for the first down. He does it. And I just I, I'm watching this guy and I just I really I'm, I'm bought in, man. My next one is Sony Michelle, and this one is I'm, I'm not as adamant about, and it's mostly about price. Um, I think that he is he's been discounted after uh, the hype when he went to the Patriots in the first round, and then he had that injury, and so I think now right now he's going as the running back 27 in the eighth round in redraft leagues, and I think I think that's a value. I think that he has a very, very good shot of being the main guy here. And he doesn't really need that much work to be successful in that offense. Last year, Deion Lewis finishes the running back 15 with only 180 carries and 32 catches. So, I mean, he doesn't need to be a 300 touch guy to be, you know, a top 16 running back. So I think Sonny Michelle's a value. And then my last guy I've changed my mind on here is Marlon Mack. And I just think this one essentially just comes down to Jordan Wilkins and Naheem Hines not really doing anything this preseason to take the job away from him or to hinder his chance of at least taking the job himself. So, I mean, I acknowledge that he doesn't have that job on lock, but I mean, these guys haven't really done that much. Uh, Jordan Wilkins, this last game had 28 yards on 14 carries against I mean, it's preseason, you know, Naheem Hines might not even make the roster. And this last game, he finished with negative one total yards and he's had three fumbles so far this preseason. Like, again, it's preseason. The stats actually don't matter, but the performances do. And I just think that Mac hasn't had anyone come take that job away from him. And so he I mean, you can get him super late. And I think you have a decent chance of getting the one A at least in a committee on what should be a good Colts team. Love the first yeah, two. Yeah, I'm totally down with the first two. Let me, yeah, let me. Yeah, hear I can't it. get you guys on board with Mac. No, <laughs> no, it's not happening. Yeah, that's actually really funny, John, because I agree. I'm I'm on board with the first two. I really love the first two too because I I think the way you put Sony Michelle is perfect. Uh, his his value, in my opinion, has gone down because of the injury, and I think a lot of people with their their Rex Burkhead love, which is sometimes, in my opinion, totally unreasonable. But uh, I don't I think get that, the Rex Burkhead yeah, thing, man. And and there's He's a lot going of it. so high. Yeah, yeah and, and and there's so much of it. I mean, there are so many Rex Burkhead truthers out there that I think that's that's contributed to Sony Michelle's value going down. And I, I don't 
I'm not buying it. I, I, I think Sony Michelle right now is definitely a player that I'm higher on than I was. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, same. I, I love the usage. Not only are they using him more, but they're using him to run inside, in between the tackles. The thing that people said he couldn't do, even though he did it at Stanford, um, he, he definitely is showing that he has some chops for that. His 71-yard touchdown run was on an inside handoff that he took up the middle and and busted for a big play. So, um, no, I, I totally love those two. And Marlon Mack, I don't – I. Here's the thing. I, I definitely think that your line of, of thinking is right. I think opportunity might be there for Marlon Mack. But I think sometimes we think that that opportunity, and maybe it is worth a flyer. Maybe it is. But I don't know that if I, I don't think he's very good. I, I, so that's my thing is that he might have the opportunity. I just don't know that he does much with it. So I definitely think your thought process is right there. I just don't know that I'm buying the talent for that guy. But um John, is that is that kind of your thought process on him, or or what are you thinking with uh, with Marlon Mack there? Yeah, it, it's just that committee, you know, that entire committee is just. I I don't see how anybody emerges from this thing. We're talking about Kristen Michael right now. They're waiting for Robert Turbin to come back because he's probably their their actual best their best back. But this just this entire group, I I just think that it's going to be a cluster. A Charlie Fox drop for the entire season. I really do. And I don't want anything to do with it. And for me, Marlon Mack not getting on the field in the preseason doesn't give him any kind of, you know, any kind of advantage over Jordan Wilkins, for instance. To me, right at the moment, Jordan Wilkins and Kristen Michael, you know, just by virtue of actually being on the field and then also performing pretty well in that offense. Those are those are the guys that I would be a little bit more interested in, partly because of their ADP, but at the end of the day, I want nothing to do with the Colts' backfield. I just think that it's going to be a revolving door. I think it's going to look really similar to what we've come to expect from the Patriots over the last few years. So, um, yeah, I, I just... I'm, I can't get there with Marlon Mack. All right, so on to some guys that I have changed my mind negatively about. The first one's Demarius Thomas. And it's essentially, it's Emmanuel Sanders seems to be Case Keenum's favorite guy so far. Something weird is happening with Demarius Thomas. He hasn't been involved hardly at all. I mean, he'll be involved in the offense, but I think that there's a chance Emmanuel Sanders passes him in targets this year. And, you know, I forget who it was, but somebody wrote an article. I apologize for not remembering, but it was essentially making the case for Emmanuel Sanders being Case Keenum's Adam Thielen of 2018 in that, you know, he's not the typical like prototypical wide receiver one on the team, but he ends up being the favorite target of Case Keenum and getting 147 targets or whatever Adam Thielen got last season. And Along with that, or on top of that, we've got Cortland Sutton coming in, who looks freaking amazing. He looks fantastic, and he's going to get work too. And he, correct me if I'm wrong, profiles more as the Demarius Thomas type receiver. So I think if he's going to steal work anywhere, it's going to be from that type of role. Um, so that's essentially where I'm just, I don't know that Thomas is going to have, you know, this big bounce back season. Uh, my negative change number two is Nick Chubb. And this one's only for redraft leagues. I still love Nick Chubb as the player, and I love him in Dynasty. But Carlos Hyde has won this job. I mean, I don't think there's any 
argument that you can make to to say that Carlos Hyde isn't going to be the 1A in this backfield week one. I mean, this guy is playing out of his mind. And so, yeah, we us Nick Chubb truthers might have to wait a few weeks. My third one's Naheem Hines, kind of goes with Marlon Mack. You already talked about him a little bit. Uh, his preseason totals, 13 attempts for 19 yards. He's got two catches for eight yards. He's fumbled three times. And there's already reports that he might not even make the roster. And this is just a guy that I know it's not a high, high profile guy, but a lot of I, I liked him before the draft. And I think a lot of people did. And so it's a little bit disappointing. And it just seems like he might not pan out at all. Yeah, I'm good with all three of these. Um, and it, the Demarius one kind of breaks my heart. And uh, but I mean, I think you're right. If if at the very minimum, Cortland Sutton takes some some targets away from him. Um, Nick Chubb actually doesn't drop for me a whole lot. He actually has gone up a little bit, but I I know that you and I didn't really agree on him. You know when when Cleveland drafted him um, to share a backfield with Carlos Hyde. So for me, he's like he's actually kind of settled into. A, a little bit of a role that I feel like I understand. So, and I feel like there's value in that. And, uh, yeah, Naheem Hines, I mean, even if he makes a roster, how could they possibly put him on the field when he's got those fumbling issues? So, yeah, I'm good with all three of these. Oh, yeah, that's that's interesting. I, I would say that uh, I'm, I'm pretty pretty much on board with, with John's thought process here. I, I like Demarius Thomas. I will say... The thing, the thing with Chubb to me that that kind of has him holding value is Carlos Hyde, and and I'm not going to use the the injury term pro uh, injury injury prone term because uh, I know Travis that you're not you you know you don't you don't like that. Um, but I will say that you're basically that saying if, it without saying it. <laughs> kind of, kind of. I was gonna, I was gonna go gonna around say with it. these magical words that I'm not I, allowed yeah, to say. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say the exact same thing just in different words, so that way it works. But no, I, I, yeah, I uh, let's let's face it. Carlos Hyde has had an injury history. I think if Nick Chubb is there and Carlos Hyde is expected to handle a full workload, one of two things is either going to happen. Either A, Cleveland's going to see that and go, hey, look, this guy, you know, when when given a full workload, hasn't always been healthy. Let's split it up a little bit so Chubb has some value. Or B, they're going to run Carlos Hyde until he gets hurt. And and if that does happen, Nick Chubb has a lot of value. So um, I, I guess that would be my caveat is, yeah, he, he, I could see why his value has gone down. But I would also say that if if you if you have Carlos Hyde and you don't draft Nick Chubb, and Hyde goes down, you, you know you might be you might be uh, regretting the fact that you didn't take Chubb with a late round pick. So, uh, but I, I'm totally on board with the other the other uh, two and even even Chubb to an extent there. Yeah, take Chubb yeah. late. I'm gonna say I will say that I love. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, as his ADP starts to drop, I think that he kind of he kind of starts to settle into a, a, a value that uh, is definitely appropriate for him. Um, because I mean, to me, Nick Chubb could be a, he could be a league winner. It's just a matter of when does he finally make his way onto the field? So, you know, I, I, I didn't like him when they drafted him because 
it felt like it was just going to be way too much of a committee with him and Carlos Hyde. But now it looks like Carlos Hyde starts the season as kind of the workhorse type guy. If there's an injury or just an ineffectiveness and Nick Chubb gets on the field, look for, you know, that. like I said, that could be a league winner. So I still love Nick Chubb for, you know, as, a, as kind of a late in the season type of guy. But, um, yeah, again, yeah. I'm, I'm on board with, with, you know, with you lowering him because you were just super high on him to begin with. Yeah, I was going to say, I think I need to clarify a little bit. I'm, I still like Nick Chubb. I would love to see Nick Chubb take that job. Yeah. I, and I'm not lowering his value necessarily. I, he's, he's still a value. He's running back 46 right now in the 11th round. Right. And I guess what I'm adjusting is my expectations mm-hmm. because going into it, I was thinking that there was a pretty decent chance, like more than a 50% chance that Chubb just takes that job. And that's, that's not happening. Yeah. All right, let's move on to the, the next six pack of our super six here. Six players you liked or disliked all off season and you still do. And let's start with you, James. Wonderful. Yeah. Um, so the first guy I'm going to start with is Tyree kill. I still like him. I have liked him. Um, and we, we kind of already touched on him. Travis touched on him a little bit with Sammy Watkins. Uh, pretty much everything that Travis said, he's looked really good in the preseason. His numbers are great. He looks to be on the same page with Patrick Mahomes already. So I, I still like him. There's no reason not to. Uh, second player I'm going to go over is Kirk Cousins. And I know, uh, John, you and I have been have been round and round with Kirk Cousins <laughs> the past past few past few podcasts. I think people know how we feel about them and why at this point. So I'm probably just going to kind of gloss over that and just say I think Kirk Cousins is in for an excellent year. And uh, my my third guy on this list is John Kelly. And this guy, I'll, I'll elaborate on a little bit here with John Kelly because this was a sixth-round pick. Um, he was a guy I was really high on coming out of Tennessee when he was, uh, you know, when he was coming into this draft. He ended up falling a little bit more than I, I thought he would, and he ended up going to a situation where he's sitting behind Todd Gurley. Uh, but John Kelly has has earned the number two spot, and I mean, he's looked really good in in the offs uh, in the preseason. He's ran rushed for 197 yards in three games um, on just over 45 carries, so he's averaging like. Uh, almost 4.4 yards per carry. I mean, he's it's something like that. I mean, he's he really is he's looking the part. He's looking great his last game. He, he even ran in two touchdowns. Um he looks he looks really good. As good as I thought he would. And if Todd Gurley goes down, you are sitting on a guy who I think can contribute in that offense and be at least a, a mid to high range running back too. That's how high I am on him if he gets the opportunity. So, uh, those are the guys I still like. What do you guys think? Yep, I'm on board with all three of those. Uh, you say that now <laughs> until you're like, wait a minute, did I say I was on board with Tyree Hill or Kirk Cousins? <laughs> I would like to to ask you though, James, to please stop saying my name and Tyree Hill in the same sentence. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, it's making me a little dirty. Just All like right. Travis yeah. talked about for an hour earlier, he really loves Tyree Hill. Yeah, can you can you not do that? <laughs> He's like slowly John... blending the two names together until it's just Tavry Travry Kill, Travry Kilverson. <laughs> uh, yeah, sounds like a football um, player. <laughs> yeah, I love John Kelly. Um, I loved him going into the draft. It was a little disheartening to see him go to to a, a situation where it's just so locked up. Um, by uh, by one of the 
the best running backs in the league, but um, I could see John Kelly still playing a role this year. It sounds like he's actually the third running back on the depth chart, but um, I think that if Todd Gurley was to go down, you would see a lot of John Kelly. Uh, You know how I feel about Tyree Kill, and actually you know how I feel about Kirk Cousins too, even though that's the one that I disagree with on this list. Mm Mm-hmm. But I'm going to get to that in a minute, so I'll let you do the uh, talk about the three guys that you still hate. Yeah, and I'll go with my least surprising headline from James's still dislike players, and that's Andrew Luck. Uh, still still uh, think the risk is too high, and the ADP is starting to rise even more now that he's playing in the preseason a little bit. I, I, hey, look, I, I, I hope he proves me wrong. I really do. But I still think that, hey, let's give him a year at least to kind of at least improve that arm strength. There's there's still some kinks that are going to have to be worked out. He hasn't played football in a long time, guys. And that supporting cast, it, to me, is still questionable at best. So I'm still not expecting big things from Andrew Luck, and his ADP continues to climb, even in redraft, and I'm, I'm not on board with it. Um, second guy is Cameron Meredith, and this is a guy who I didn't think was all that talented when he was in Chicago. Um, when his opportunity came by, he got hurt. He wasn't able to prove himself. Now he's in New Orleans, and it looks like the injuries are still kind of there. He's still kind of learning the offense, and things are going slow for him. Uh, this is just not a guy that I've I've ever really been all that high on. And so, um, when he went to New Orleans, I was still a little skeptical, and I I, I still am. Uh, third guy to me is Alex Collins, and this is a guy who I expect to get some pushback on. There's a lot of people that are really high on Alex Collins. However, I'll just say I think if Buck Allen plays a role, and I really like Kenneth Dixon, if he's healthy and he proves to be reliable and there come week five, week six, I think he starts cutting into carries for Alex Collins too. And I could uh, I could see a three-headed monster type scenario there where Alex Collins isn't getting the work share that you guys, um, that others may think that he's going to get when they draft him as high as he's going. So uh, those are the three guys that I have been down on and still am. So am I totally uh, off base on any of these guys? Yeah, of course you are. you, You could audibly hear all of our listeners and me and Travis rolling our eyes at Andrew Luck. You, you know that. <laughs> James, you're uh, telling me half of preseason week three wasn't enough football for you. I, I yeah, I, <laughs> I don't. I, you mean the, was that the week that he injured his foot? Hey, now. <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> Did you see him, though? He looked great. <laughs> he looked awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. His ball velocity is still down by far. So there's there's still cause for concern, yeah. and he's he's so still was... throwing to Jack Doyle, Travis, and Eric Ebron, John. Ugh, yeah, whatever. Hey, he's Ebron caught to... five of five targets this last week. Just saying. Yeah. Not all of them from Luck. <laughs> all I right. Think, I, no, no, I'll, I think I'll, they I'll, were. Let me re. I have that right here. Let me look. This is important. <laughs> It is, it is. It is. It, it might have been all from Luck, actually. Yeah, all five were from Andrew Luck. And nice. he was pulled when the first team got pulled. That's nice. all I'm going to say about that. And Jack Boyle <laughs> was still out there, wasn't he? Wasn't he? No, he didn't I, actually I, log a target, so. Oh, jeez. Well, John, what do you have to say about that? <laughs> You know uh, what, Andrew Luck, I, I look at him. He's he's targeting the wrong tight end, John. So I'll hire you on him now. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I want to win one of you guys point. over with this, right? <laughs> Questionable decision making. I'll definitely. Are you, guys, 
Five of five targets led the team with 54 yards and scored their only passing touchdown. Beautiful leaping catch in the end zone from Andrew Luck. How did my dislikes not this include was, this was the Eric, Eric Ebron, Ebron and turn into an Eric Ebron Jack Doyle conversation. Dude, I, I could have put him on here three times, but I know our listeners are sick of that conversation, so I I did not put him on this list. But no, we're having it anyways. Yes, yes, we are. Well, all right. Let's all cut right, this guys. out. Andrew Luck I'm is steering, awesome. And... I'm, st- I'm steering this conversation into a different direction. What do you think of the other two guys on my list, Cameron Meredith and Alex Collins? Yeah, fine with those. Nice. So and, uh, Alex Collins, just real quick, he was almost – I almost put him on my change my mind positively category. Oh. And it's – I just think that he's going to be the guy, man. I don't – like this – I know it's – again, it's one preseason game, and we can't read too much into it. But he – this – the the Ravens rested their starters this last game for the most part. And Alex Collins played two snaps, had one carry and then was pulled. And that tells me that he is in the club with the first team and that they pulled him with the first team. And I just, I don't know. I know that's probably an insignificant little detail to most people, but that kind of points to what they think of him in my opinion. And I just think he's in line to have the bulk of the work there. Plus, he does Irish step dancing. So, <laughs> I think a lot of people uh, feel the way that you feel, Travis, and and they they very well could be right. Maybe I'm missing a value there, but I I'm still not sold. I'm You're still not. concerned, and I I just that was it, the it, thing. It, yeah, sorry, that was the other thing I was gonna say. His ADP right now is nuts, dude. He's a third round pick. Yeah, that's, that's saying I won't touch him in the third round. Go. Yeah, that's, that's a that's, little too high. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, he could be another one of those guys who serves a role. So, all right, I'm 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 working on this article. I'm assuming it'll be DLF, but I don't know for sure where it's going to land because it's redraft based. But I feel like with running backs, you kind of have to come in waves. You know, you kind of have to start with those with guys like Alex Collins and Carlos Hyde, and then you know, and Chris Carson. Chris, possibly Chris Carson, yeah. Um, and then, you know, as the season goes on, you're going to end up replacing them with, you know, some guys who, kind of some backups who end up in a starter's role. And, I mean, I feel like you you end up doing that every single season. You know, we last week we talked about the Packers and how it went from Ty Montgomery to Aaron Jones to Jamal Williams the Seahawks kind of did the same thing, you know, with Chris Carson and then on to uh, who Mike Davis and JD McKissick Davis. and yeah. So I think Alex Collins yeah, third round ADP is way too high, but you know, if he starts slipping a little bit, I think that he's right there with some of those other guys that help you get started with your fantasy season, you just have to be prepared to, you know, to to pivot um, to the to the next wave, so to speak, of running backs. So, um, I I so I don't know I don't know exactly where that puts him for me, but uh, I mean I I like what he's going to do for you at the beginning of the season, if nothing else. But at a third round ADP, you're kind of looking for full season from him. 
Yeah, I, I like that, John. That's a really good thought process. I'm I'm looking forward to to that coming out, and so I can I can check that out because that's that will be interesting when you actually do the research and put that to it. I I think Travis nailed the biggest point though is some of the other guys you were listing in that Alex Collins range, you could get probably two rounds later. Mm-hmm. Um, guys like Chris Carson, a, a guy who you said you were high on, Marshawn Lynch. Is, I mean, these are guys that you could get later that could fill that same role. And so that, to me, is the problem with Alex Collins is um, it's it's all ADP-driven, and I just don't think at his current ADP I'm I'm interested in him at all. So, Yep. Cool. Well, I'm going to give you the guys that I have not changed my mind on. So, yeah, I'm going to give you all six of mine. Here are the three guys that I still like. I've liked them all offseason, and I still do. Marcus Mariota. I think that there's some major regression, positive regression coming from last year. And I think that he's got better weapons and healthier weapons. Sounds like Richard Matthews actually starts a season on the active roster. That's a huge help. Taewon Taylor takes a step. Corey Davis takes a step. So I really like that offense as a whole. And then having Deion Lewis back there uh, really helps a, a quarterback as well. Number two is Chris Carson. This one easily could have been Kenneth Dixon. Uh, There were a handful of of running backs who I've been high on for a while now, but I'm going to stick with Chris Carson for the moment, even though we've talked about him every single week. But (laughs) this is just a guy that I've been high on ever since I first saw him play last preseason. And uh, there's I I even uh, have some hyperbole that I – that I use specifically for him. So, and then number three is Brandon Cooks. Um, I just, I, I, I just see a lot more passing volume coming from that Rams offense this year. I think they're going to have to throw it more. And uh, Brandon Cooks, to me, is a wide receiver one. Um, Travis had some pretty interesting stats last week about the wide receiver one um, in a Sean McVay offense, but um, I. I think that Brandon Cooks just has a has an opportunity to uh, to get some pretty significant volume and uh, continue what he's been able to do in every step along the way in his career. Some guys I dislike: Kirk Cousins, and again, this is redraft dynasty. I love Kirk Cousins. The thought process at the beginning of the off season was he's going to land on a team that's going to overpay for him and they're not going to be able to put weapons around him they're not going to be able to protect him it didn't work out that way exactly but I think that he landed on a roster that's not going to look to throw the ball that much and I don't think that there's going to be a lot of volume for him I think that it that it starts with the running game for them and it it's going to be a very run heavy offense LaShawn McCoy part of it is age I I really didn't I didn't have a huge problem with him when the suspension was looked like it might be looming over his head. It it, it did, that didn't change anything for me. What changes things for me is his age, his usage both in Philadelphia and now in Buffalo, and I just don't think that he's going to be able to hold up for the full season. And I think that this is the last year of fantasy relevant LaShawn McCoy and uh if you know, if if he even makes it to that threshold. And then number three is Jamison Crowder. And it it has a lot to do with his past performance. We've seen absolutely nothing from him. He's never been better than wide receiver 31. 
And it also has a lot to do with Alex Smith, who has generally not been able to support a high-end wide receiver for fantasy purposes. So there's my list. All right, so we're running short on time, so I'm just going to run through here. Marcus Mariota, you're correct. Chris Carson, you're incorrect. Brandon <laughs> Cooks, you're incorrect. Kirk Cousins, you're incorrect. LaShawn McCoy, eh. Jamison Crowder, you're incorrect. Wow, I kind of like <laughs> you that. You can't rush that, through it like you that. You do that. <laughs> no, I, I think it's great. I'm going to do the same no, thing. Okay? This is bull. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Marcus Mariota, you are correct. Chris Carson, you are correct. Brandon Cooks, you are correct. Kirk Cousins, you are certifiably nuts. Sean <laughs> McCoy, you are correct. And Jameson Crowder, you are incorrect. That, that's beautiful. that is beautiful. Hard-hitting, that, that direct analysis to the point. Is dog poop. All right, fine, whatever, whatever. It... <laughs> <laughs> Kirk Cousins is going to be the new purple Jesus, and... You're, you're going to be feeling terrible at the end of the year. Terrible. Just don't terrible. Look up, don't look up Purple Jesus on UrbanDictionary.com. <laughs> I, I don't know what it means. I'm just I'm assuming it's something bad. <laughs> oh, I guarantee it. Yeah. 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 Everything's a sex act on Urban Dictionary, yeah, as I found and... out uh, when I was <laughs> on there earlier today. Anything that starts with purple probably is is going to to show you some images you're not going to want to see. So sure, Travis, who you like, who you hate. I love that we just did that to John. By the way, all right. So <laughs> that was, yeah, that was bullshit. I'm gonna feel for the next week. I'm gonna feel like I held in a sneeze. I'm just gonna feel so just like unsatisfied by this whole thing. Oh, I love uh, it. All right, so I'll go through my six real quick. My first one that I like that I still like is Chris Warren the third. Come on, guys. <laughs> He's ridiculous. <laughs> um, that's mainly for Dynasty. I'm still not expecting much in redraft leagues, but okay. still rostering him with the list last round. Why the hell not? Sure. Mainly because just I like him. <laughs> um, still like number two is Alshon Jeffrey. And I've talked about Alshon Jeffrey before, and reports came out today that he's going to miss at least the first two weeks of the season, but he should not be placed on PUP, which I actually took as good news. I'll take two weeks. That's fine. His ADP is pretty depressed already. And as I said before, I think he's got the upside to be a top 12 guy this year. And if you guys want me to break down the numbers again, I can. And still like number three is Marquise Goodwin. And the Garoppolo to Goodwin connection is looking better and better every week. Goodwin has looked fantastic. He's looked like a wide receiver one. And he's looks like they're going to use him that way. Pierre Garçon was a little bit more involved this last game. And he's going to be involved. There's no question about that. But I just think that Goodwin has developed as a player. And he's developed a rapport with Garoppolo. And I think that he's going to lead the team in targets. He's not this run fast and straight and catch the ball down the field guy that he used to be or that everybody thinks he is. Uh, three guys I still dislike that I disliked before. Ronald Jones, Peyton Barber continues to rule this backfield. Uh, he's he's just straight out playing him this, this preseason. Ronald Jones caught a pass the other day, though, guys, so there's that. Uh, still See? dislike number two, Derek. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Derek Henry. Uh, we, we talked about Derek Henry already. And it's just, man, I, I've watched every touch that Derrick Henry and Deion Lewis have had this preseason back to back to back, like one after the other, right next to each other. And it's just, it's so night and day to me. I don't understand how anyone can make an argument other than 
Henry's going to see more carries, but that's not that's not what fantasy is about. I want fantasy points, not carries. And I get I, I yeah, get they, that those are correlated. I understand okay. that. <laughs> okay. Yeah, no, I do, but I don't. You know what I mean? Especially in PPR leagues, Derrick Henry's still going ahead of Deion Lewis, and it's just it boggles my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, guy I still dislike number three is Devin Funchess, and. I have all the numbers here, but I know we're short on time, so it essentially comes down to his volume last year that led to his little mini breakout season in which he finished as the wide receiver 20 was largely due to it was just it was forced volume due to a lack of other options in the passing game not being available. Greg Olson missed nine games. Kelvin Benjamin only played eight games before being traded away. Now you bring back a healthy Greg Olson who looks again like he's going to be a target hog in this offense, and then you add a first-round wide receiver. I just don't think Devin Funches is going to get the 22% of the team's targets like he did last season. All right, this one is also unsatisfying for me because I really I, – I have to agree with all of these even though I don't like – the majority of them. I like. I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Love I'm Chris lost. Warren. Love Alshon Jeffrey. Marquise Goodwin is a little tough for me. And I mean, like I said, I'm kind of down on Jimmy Garoppolo, but I think that that Marquise Goodwin can uh, can be fantasy relevant, especially at his ADP, um, without Jimmy Garoppolo being, you know, an, an elite quarterback. Um, but your dislikes, that's the tough part for me is because I, I'm i on board with these, and I hate that. <laughs> I really uh, like Ronald Jones, but I'm, I, I mean, it's going to be hard for him to get Peyton Barber off the field. Derrick Henry and Deion Lewis, I mean, to me, I don't particularly want either one of them. And I, Derrick Henry still is the volume guy. He's still a short yardage guy, and there's value in that. There's a ton of volume. There's a ton of value in that. But I, you know, the fact that I don't want either one of these guys. And then Devin Funches, um, yeah, I'm pretty much on board with that one. I guess it's just those those two for me, Ronald Jones and Derrick Henry. I hate that I have to mostly agree with you on these. And that just makes it that much sweeter for me. <laughs> <laughs> all right well I, I tell you what i think i think you uh you're three for three here travis three and three here so uh chris warren i dude yeah i i'm no one's gonna argue with you on chris warren at least they shouldn't uh, from what he's shown i mean every time this guy has an opportunity to run the ball he looks like he's going to take jordan howard's nickname this guy is a, the real bulldozer <laughs> right here like he Seriously. is so good Man, I love the watching power him already. Is insane, oh man. man, and he breaks tackles. He does not. I yep. mean, just just really fun to watch. So yeah, he's he's an easy player to root for. I like it. Um, Elshon Jeffrey, I I don't. I'm not on board with at all. And I I know you have the numbers, but unless you have numbers that tells me that he can be a top twelve wide receiver playing a maximum of thirteen out of sixteen fantasy weeks then I, I don't, I'm not going to buy it because I, that's, I mean, with the news that broke today, he's missing at least the first two games and they're targeting week three. Um, obviously he's got to buy week two and there's no guarantee that he comes back week three with that either. So um, I, that's I'm, fair. What I'm if I said, skittish. What if I said points per game, top 12? 
yeah, I still don't know that I can justify drafting a guy who I know is going to miss the first two games for sure and possibly more. Um, I, I mean, unless you're getting him at a serious discount, like eighth round type discount in a redraft, I, I, I don't know that I can put up the risk and just hope that I can sit there for two, three weeks um, without him. So Wide receiver I, I, 32 at pick 703 right now. I, maybe, maybe I'm, maybe it's I'm close. okay with that. Yeah, it's, it's, it is, it is, and that's not as bad as I thought. I thought he was, he was going fifth, sixth round. So yeah, seventh. I'd probably look mid seventh. Uh, I would think, but I, yeah, I mean that's not terrible, really. When you put it that way, it really isn't terrible. Um, so maybe I'm not against that as, as I was. Um, but Marquise Goodwin is a guy I, I am a, a really kind of a little worried about, and I know that his ADP isn't, isn't completely insane, but. I mean, what is it like six concussions this guy has suffered? I mean, I that's a really that's a, that's a concern because this is it's a smaller guy, and if he's going to be used as a wide receiver one and get the volume there, he's going to take some hits. And I mean, one concussion this guy could I mean, that could end his career. I mean, that could be his seventh concussion. And I, you know, I think the one thing that we've talked about on this on this podcast several times is. Um, when you suffer a concussion, your your risk after every concussion of suffering another one is greater, right? Have, has, hasn't that kind of been, um, kind of been what we found and what we've read in our in our research with concussions, Travis? It's been a while, but I think it was actually the risk of the next one being worse is higher or something like that. Okay. Okay. I don't know. We we sound now that like we don't know what we're talking about, but we did look it up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We we yeah. Either way, I you know it, it's a red flag after six. Um, so I I'm I'm still concerned. I I'm just I'm I'm too concerned with that that uh, if I'm if I'm taking him, you know, his upside's there, but I I don't know. I think the risk is is real too. Um, so Ronald Jones, dude. I okay. Here it is. I'm I'm gonna go out. Here's I'm gonna. You, you guys, I'm starting our year net segment early. Ronald Jones is going to be the starting running back for Tampa Bay by week eight. I am not buying that Peyton Barber is a special talent. Last, I, I, I understand he has looked good in the preseason. I'm t- I totally, I'm not going to take anything away from him there, but I don't think that Ronald, uh, that Peyton Barber by any means is a special talent. I think Ronald Jones was drafted with the 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 uh, the idea that Peyton Barber is on a one year deal. Ronald Jones is going to be our back of the future, and by week seven, week eight, they're going to go to Ronald Jones. It's going to be a slower transition, but I I'm fine with Ronald Jones right now. He is his value has gone so far down because of his preseason struggles that I think have been blown out of the water. I think that come week seven, week eight, this guy is going to be not only the starter, but I I still buy his talent. So I'm I'm fine with taking him there. Um, where he's going, it's got to be late. I'm so assuming. I just want to say real quick, I mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever said Peyton Barber was a special talent. No, no, and, you have. And if I did, I apologize because <laughs> that's certainly not the case. Uh, sure. My my issue is though, I don't think Ronald Jones is either. Oh sure, and, sure, and I, I I think you've yeah, I think you you've stated that uh, even before. Uh, his preseason struggles. I know you weren't on board with Ronald Jones. So I no, and I give you credit for that. And I I know you've never said that, but I think, I think the way people are starting to respond to Peyton Barber, and and Ronald Jones are are very, I mean, it's starting to get to the point where people are going, well, yeah, Peyton Barber is going to open the season the starter. He's looked really good. Ronald Jones has no value, and I still don't know that that's the case. I still think Ronald Jones eventually takes this starting job. That's that's my thing. 
So we're running a little low on time, but we did want to get to our your nuts bold bold predictions uh, for the 2018 season. So we're gonna run through these real quick, and uh, we're actually gonna ask you guys to uh, respond to us on Twitter at Superflex Show. Tag us and tell us if uh, if you think that we're nuts or we're not nuts on some of these. So we're just gonna run through them real quick, and I'll actually get this thing started. Here's my first one for you guys. Dak Prescott finishes 2018 as a top five fantasy quarterback. You're you're nuts. You're nuts. <laughs> Travis. Christian McCaffrey will finish <laughs> Christian McCaffrey will finish the 2018 season as a top five fantasy running back. Oh man, I don't think you're that nuts. Just a little nuts. A I'll little nuts. It. All right, right. James. I'm going to show you my nuts. K1 Balazs will be the top scoring fantasy running back in Miami this season. You're You're clinically insane. You're nuts. I love it. I love it. All right, guys. Saquon Barkley is the only rookie running back who will score 200 or more fantasy points in 2018. Incorrect. I mean, nuts. You're dumb. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> what was that? <laughs> I'm sorry. That was I, I got I felt the pressure of the rapid fire and it just came out of my mouth. <laughs> this is a, that feels like a Freudian slip, though. Yeah. Oh, one hundred percent. Your nuts came out of his mouth a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's finish these off because Travis and I need to talk. Yeah, John, John you're a little nuts. All right. Des Bryant will sign with the Patriots, score two touchdowns in week one, and will net dynasty owners a future first round pick. Yeah, you're nuts. There's no way any of that happens. You're you're clinically insane. You stole mine. (laughs) That's how nuts you are. Um, Okay, guys, I'm finishing it off. Antonio Gates will be a cowboy before week one of the NFL regular season. I don't have a strong opinion on this one. I'm gonna say you're a little bit nuts, though. Little. Yeah, nuts. I don't. I don't. I don't think it happens. You're nuts. I think he's right. a charger, but yeah, we'll see. Okay. All right, guys. Well, I can't wait to hear what Twitter has to say. What our listeners have to say, whether or not we're nuts, because you guys, you guys have, have made it very clear that I am nuts on both of my takes, and uh, and I can't wait to, for our listeners to tell you guys why you're wrong. Yeah. And I was nuts on one and dumb on one. So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> dumb nuts. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, re- reach out to us. The show handle is at Superflex Show, or you can tag uh, whoever you think is nuts slash dumb uh, slash clinically insane individually. Um, Travis is at Travis NFL. James is at underscore James the Brain. And I'm at Superflex Dude. So, let us know what you think. I think a lot of people are going to be telling Travis that he's nuts. Do you want to share his Twitter handle again? I think people are going to need to hear it a few times to to jot it down. Yeah. No, no such thing as bad publicity. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> that's, that's true. That's at Travis NFL. And actually, he's got his solo podcast too, Travis, the Travis NFL fantasy show, fantasy football show, right? Is that what it's – did I get that right? Yep, Travis NFL Fantasy Football Show. Yeah. So, just a just a quick hint here. You could rate and review his podcast by telling him that he's 
that he's nuts on Des Bryant or Christian McCaffrey, and by doing so, you enter to win an authenticated DeAndre Hopkins jersey. So just make sure it's a five-star rating. Don't just say that you're nuts and then <laughs> one star. They get five stars, but yeah, go ahead and tell him he's nuts. If you do one star, I'll actually sign the jersey myself before I ship it to you. <laughs> <laughs> just kind of lick it. Yeah. <laughs> lick, lick, his, lick Nuke's autograph so it kind of smudges it. Yeah, yeah, you're a new father too, so you could you could throw a used diaper in the in the package. Whoa, and whoa. Yeah, send it on over, right? On and, there's your there's yeah. your one star ranking. There you go. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna go ahead and wrap it up there for the week. But again, yeah, make sure to hit us up on Twitter and tell us what you think. How uh, how nuts do you think we are? And uh, you can reach out to us on the Twitter hand, the show's Twitter handle at Superflex Show. Or each one of us individually. Travis is at Travis NFL. James is at underscore James the Brain. And I'm at Superflex Dude. We're going to ask you for the same quick favor to rate and review the podcast. And uh, subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. But those ratings and reviews on iTunes, it helps us to expand our reach and expand our audience. Get out to more people so we can involve more people in the conversation. And really zero in on the topics that are the most useful to you, the listener. You can also subscribe to the DLF family of podcasts mega feed and get access to all of the great podcasts from DLF, including the Superflex Super Show. And again, check out Travis's solo podcast, the Travis NFL Fantasy Football Show. If you would uh, subscribe wherever you listen to, to podcasts, but specifically on iTunes, because again, like we've mentioned earlier, if you rate and review that on iTunes, you can enter to win a signed, authenticated DeAndre Hopkins jersey. That's insane. And all you have to do is give him a five-star rating and review. And in the vein of listener interaction, send us your trades on Twitter, at SuperFlexShow. We can retweet them. We can uh, help you get more comments and more votes, more advice, and sometimes analyze them right here on the podcast. Go check out our Superflex and 2QB rankings. They're available now at DynastyLeagueFootball.com. Thank you to Heart and Soul Radio for the song The Addiction that we use as our intro and outro music. But above all else, thank you to each and every one of you for listening. Until next week, stay sexy and super flexy. Bye.